اللہ کی خاص رحمت کی وجہ سے تعوز سور الفاتحہ حضرت خلیفت المسید ففت اید اللہ تعالیٰ بن نصر العزیز ریسائٹیڈ ویس ہنڈریڈ سکسٹی These days, the Majalis-e Shura, i.e. the meetings of the consultative body of the Jamaat are being held in various countries. In some countries, they have already taken place, and in other countries, they are being held this week and in the coming week. In Germany, as well as many other countries, they are commencing today. Similarly, the Majlis-e Shura of UK will be held next week, along with many other countries. I have previously drawn the attention towards the importance of Shura and the responsibilities of the representatives in my sermons. However, since several years have passed, I considered it appropriate to once again say a few words today in accordance with the commandment of Allah the Almighty and in light of the example of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and the tradition and established practice of the Jamaat in relation to Majlis-e-Shura. Where the Majalis Shura have already taken place, the representatives of the Shura can nevertheless benefit from the guidance in relation to the responsibilities of the members of the Shura. This is because certain responsibilities of the members of Majlis Shura take effect only after the recommendations of Majlis Shura and the decision taken by the Khalifa of the time. And it is the duty of every member of the Shura to fulfill these responsibilities and play their role in this regard. In any case, before drawing your attention towards the responsibilities, 
I will say a few words in light of the verse I recited and I will mention the example and the practice of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Where this verse testifies to the fact that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was extremely soft-hearted towards the members of his Ummah, i.e. the followers, as a result of the special mercy of Allah the Almighty. At the same time, God Almighty has also guided us and drawn our attention towards the fact that those who will be entrusted with advancing the mission of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and those who are to complete the mission of the Promised Messiah and Mahdi, who in accordance with the prophecies of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was to come in servitude to him, it is also their responsibility that they act with love, affection and kindness. Allah the Almighty says that if you are not kind but hard-hearted and easily angered, then these people will disperse from around you. Therefore, Allah the Almighty commands us to pardon and seek forgiveness and along with this, He has also commanded us to seek consultation. Thus, the majalis shura i.e. the meetings of the consultative body, are held in accordance with this teaching. However, as is evident from the name, the majalis i.e. the body only puts forth its suggestions and does not make any decisions. It is for this reason that Allah the Almighty has stated that whatever decision you make after these suggestions, do so by placing your complete trust in Allah the Almighty. Furthermore, once you place your trust in Allah the Almighty, then He will bring forth His results filled with immense blessings. And we find the greatest example of placing one's trust in Allah the Almighty in the person of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. In many matters, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, received guidance directly from Allah the Almighty. However, in relation to matters where clear commandments of Allah the Almighty were not present, he would make sure to seek counsel. And this practice of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and this commandment of Allah the Almighty, teaches us as to what the attitude of the Jamaat office bearers should be towards the members of the Jamaat, and that we should perform our duties through mutual consultation. It is a great blessing of Allah the Almighty that He has blessed the Ahmadiyya Jamaat with the institution of Khilafat. And thus, in accordance with the commandments of Allah the Almighty and the traditions of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, the Khalifa of the time also consults the Jamaats across the world based on their local circumstances. There is no doubt that if Allah the Almighty desired to directly guide the Holy Prophet peace be upon him in every matter, then he would have done so. However, commanding the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him to seek counsel in certain matters, and then for the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him to seek consultation in such matters, in fact serves as a guide for us to tread on the right path and to perform our duties through mutual consultation. Furthermore, it is also to form a unity within the Ummah, i.e. the followers of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And a hadith elucidates upon this. Hazrat ibn Abbas anhu narrates that when the verse Shavirhum fil Amr, i.e. consult them in matters of administration, was revealed, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated 
that although Allah and His Messenger, peace be upon Him, are not in need of this, however, Allah the Almighty has decreed it as a means of mercy for my Ummah. Therefore, those who consult will not be bereft of guidance. However, those who do not consult will not be able to avoid humiliation. Thus, even though the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was not in need of any consultation, yet he still sought consultation in order to establish an example for his followers, which would enable them to always partake of Allah the Almighty's mercy and to continuously tread the paths of guidance whilst avoiding humiliation. It is a special favour of Allah the Almighty upon us that we have an established system of shura, i.e. a system of consultation. Therefore, all Ahmadis, and especially the members of the shura, must honour this and be grateful to Allah the Almighty for establishing the means for our guidance. I will mention some of the occasions in history where the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, sought consultation and how he went about doing so. And this was also the same practice adopted by the rightly guided caliphs, i.e. Khulafai Rashidin. And in this era, the promised Messiah also implemented upon this very practice. Generally, we find three methods in which consultation was sought. Firstly, when a matter requiring consultation arose, a person would announce for people to gather and hence people would come together. Following this, based on these suggestions and opinions, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and later in the era of the rightly guided caliphs, would make a decision that in light of the consultation, such and such was their decision which was to be implemented in such manner. And because there were chieftains at that time, therefore, despite the fact that the tribes people had gathered in large numbers, but the opinions would be expressed by the chieftains or the leaders as representatives. And people used to be perfectly happy for their chief or their leader to represent them and to present their suggestions and opinions. In fact, if out of passion someone contradicted the established tradition and tried to express their opinion, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, would instruct them to convey it to their chief or leader so that they may present it. Otherwise, their opinion would be given no merit. Thus, this was one of the methods of seeking consultation. And the second method was that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, would summon those people who he considered appropriate for consultation, rather than generally inviting everyone. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, then would consult with that specific group of people. And the third method was that when the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, deemed it was best for even two people to not gather, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, would then call people individually and consult with them. He would first consult with one person and then would call another and consult with them. These were the three methods by which the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, would seek consultation. And these were the same methods adopted by the rightly guided Khalifs, i.e. the Khulafai Rashidin. And as it has already been mentioned, that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated that Allah and His Messenger, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, were not in need of any consultation. But despite this, history tells us that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, sought consultation on various occasions. In fact, he used to consult his companions a great deal. 
Hazrat Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu relates that I never found anyone to seek consultation from his companions as much as the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. As I mentioned earlier, that if the Messenger of Allah, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, who received direct guidance from Allah the Almighty could seek consultation, then this shows the degree to which one must strive to understand the importance of seeking consultation. I will mention an instance in which the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, sought consultation. It is narrated in a narration that Hazrat Maaz bin Jabal radiallahu ta'ala anhu says that when the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was deciding about sending me to Yemen, he consulted many companions. Those companions included Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Hazrat Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu, and Hazrat Zubair radiallahu ta'ala anhu, and many other companions. Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu submitted, I had the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, not consulted us, we would not have said anything. And upon this, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated that I am just like you in matters regarding which I have not received any divine revelation. Hazrat Maaz radiallahu ta'ala anhu further narrates that upon this statement of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that people should give their opinions when the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was asking, everyone expressed their opinions after which the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated, that Ma'az, you tell me, what is your opinion? Upon this, I submitted that I concur with the opinion of Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. In other words, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, also asked Hazrat Maaz radiallahu ta'ala anhu as well. So not only does this expression of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, show his simplicity, humility and the importance of consultation, but it was also an excellent example for us as to how much significance and importance we should give to consultation. And the examples of the companions show us that when they gave their opinions upon the commandment of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and whilst treading the path of righteousness, i.e. taqwa, they would give their opinions according to their capabilities and experience. Then, even after migrating to Medina, when the disbelievers of Makkah tried to destroy the peace and security of the Muslims, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, consulted with the companions about preventing this from happening. And he included the chieftains of both the Ansar and the Muhajireen. And then, after consulting with the Muhajireen and the Ansar and with their agreement, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, set out for Badr. At the time of this consultation, the chieftains of the Ansar displayed an example of great sincerity and made a pledge upon which the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was extremely pleased and expressed his contentment. This was because the consultation is not merely to the extent of giving opinions, rather the ones giving consultation also make a pledge regarding their actions, conduct and to be the first to implement upon their suggestions. If they do not pledge their actions, and then do not truly act upon it either, then their consultation is rendered useless. We see how in the battlefield of Badr, those same companions also practically exhibited sincerity and loyalty. Not only did they make these suggestions, but then they also risked their lives. Therefore, wherever our Shura delegates may be from, they should always remember 
that not only should they give consultation, but they should prepare themselves to be the first to implement whatever decision is made in light of their proposal, for whatever the Khalifa of the time decides, they will be prepared to offer any sacrifice in order to implement that decision. When they establish their own practical examples, then the rest of the members of the community will also be ready to happily offer themselves for whatever sacrifices may be required. The members of Majlis Shura should always bear in mind that every Ahmadi has pledged loyalty and obedience to the institution of Khilafat and the highest example of which must be shown by the office holders and members of the Shura. This is because they have been made members of an institution which serves to help the institution of Khilafat and the nizam jamaat i.e. the system of Jamaat. Always remember that while the Khalifa of the time is commanded to act in accordance to the practice of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him and to consult with his people about important matters in faith and he is also commanded to be tender-hearted and to pray. At the same time, those who are consulted are also commanded to give suggestions with pure intentions and whilst treading the path of righteousness i.e. the path of taqwa. Thus, those presenting their suggestions should always remember that their suggestions and opinions should conform with the highest standards of pure intentions and righteousness, i.e. taqwa. Therefore, those presenting their suggestions bear a great responsibility to assess themselves and the standard of their taqwa, i.e. righteousness. A narration of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala who explains this to such an extent, he says, meaning, consult those who are intelligent and devoted to worship. Therefore, not everyone can be consulted. This is the standard required of the delegates. And this is also a lesson for those who select the shura members, that is, to select those from among them who possess sound judgment and have excellent religious knowledge and have a high standard of worship. Whenever this criteria is kept in mind while selecting the members of Shura, I have observed that there is a clear distinction in the opinions presented by such members. It is also the responsibility of those members that if the members of the community have thought positively about them and selected them as members of Shura, then they ought to step up to the mark of that positive thinking. One cannot achieve high standards of knowledge or the depths of faith in a day or a matter of weeks. However, everyone can tread upon taqwa, i.e. righteousness, whilst giving their suggestions that are above any sort of personal gain. Similarly, wherever the shura is being held, the members should prostrate before Allah the Almighty seeking His help and give their suggestions after having prayed, instead of conforming their opinions with those of others upon being influenced by a speech delivered by a particular person or whilst being mindful of a particular relationship or friendship with someone. Also, one should not change their opinions 
out of any sort of fear or consideration of another person. In fact, it is only when opinions are given whilst keeping righteousness, i.e. taqwa, in mind and keeping the overall benefit of the jamaat at the forefront, it is only then that one can do true justice to being a member of Majlis Ashura. It should always be remembered that Allah the Almighty knows the state of our hearts and watches over everything we do. One should consider that if they do not act with this in mind, then they may be incurring the displeasure of Allah the Almighty. Similarly, in those places where the shura has already taken place, the members of the shura there can now fulfill their responsibilities by pledging to always remain mindful of their practical examples and their spiritual and their practical states. Furthermore, they should make every effort to strive to implement and ensure the implementation of whatever decisions have been made whilst treading with righteousness, i.e. taqwa. It is only when we establish this condition that we can become those who draw the mercy of Allah the Almighty and it is only then that our decisions will also be blessed. Otherwise, our gathering and delivering persuasive speeches about our opinions will be no different to those worldly assemblies that are completely devoid of any righteousness, i.e. taqwa. And at times, they make such decisions which utterly destroy morality and are also directly against the commandments of Allah the Almighty. And they consider only the agendas of their own party. At times, the ill effects of such decisions that destroy peace and security manifest rather quickly. And other times, these results take time to show its impact. In any case, they are devoid of any kind of blessings. Such decisions that contradict the laws and the commandments of Allah the Almighty ultimately become the means of destroying entire nations. Therefore, we must also look to the state of the world and focus on improving our own conditions. As I said, that the proposals from the members of Shura are presented to the Khalifa of the time. In fact, the Shura is called upon the instruction of the Khalifa of the time. Hence, it should always be kept in mind that Majlis Shura is an institution that assists the Khalifa. And thus, after the institution of Khilafat, it has great significance. And every member who is elected for shura remains a member for one year. They should always keep the importance and significance of this in mind. It is through the agendas and the proposals that are put forth in the shura that the Khalifa of the time comes to know of the various issues present in different countries. And the opinions that are presented, they then form the guidelines of how to solve those issues. At times, certain aspects pertaining to the solution of a problem are not mentioned in enough detail or they are not even presented at all before the members of Shura. However, the Khulafa include them in that guideline. And there are certain times when I also adopt this same practice. In any case, Every member of Majlis Ashura should fully understand that this has a special significance and a great importance, which is not limited to just three days. Rather, it is for the entire year. Furthermore, every member of Majlis Ashura should ensure 
that whatever guidelines are formed, they are implemented and that the organization of the community cooperates in every way to ensure its implementation. In fact, this is their responsibility and it is when this is fulfilled, it is then that the plans for the community's success will be set in the right direction and they can be implemented in the best manner. And it is only then that we will be able to become helpers in the mission of guidance which the Promised Messiah was commissioned. However, if this does not happen, then there is no use in being a member of Majlis Ashura. Here I should also mention that generally the Shura in every country is chaired by their Amir. At times, the person expressing their opinion becomes so impassioned that they utter such words that contradict the sanctity of Shura. So first of all, when the members of Majlis Ashura are presenting their opinions, then rather than putting on a display of passionate speaking and speaking passionately without control over their senses, they should express their opinions in a becoming manner. At times, those who present their opinions speak in a manner that causes the Amla members or the Amir Jamaat who is presiding over the Shura to think that the speaker is directly or perhaps indirectly opposing them. And so, in their capacity as a chairperson, they use strong words to interject the person speaking or to rebuke them. And so the Umrah, i.e. the National Amid, should also show forbearance and they should view the speaker in a positive light and consider that the person is speaking whilst keeping the community's benefit in mind and out of their empathy. If strong words are used by anyone or such words are used which are against the sanctity of the Shura, then you may stop such a person in a kind manner. However, do not conduct yourselves in a manner that may mislead one into thinking that the chairperson is protecting their personal honour. Especially when the budget is under discussion, emotions run high, which results in certain reservations to be expressed. However, even in such scenarios, the respective secretary, namely the Secretary of Finance and the chairperson, should listen to the proposal calmly and then give a satisfying reply. They should thoroughly discuss what the budget should be, what the collection will be against the expenses and how the budget will be justified. A member who gives a proposal does so with the benefit of the community in mind and so they should not be thought ill of. Similarly, sometimes the administration and delegates fall into pointless debates regarding other proposals of the, on the agenda or at times they also become completely quiet as though they are fearful of the administration. And such people also do not fulfill the right of their duty. Thus, always remember that the people have elected the members so that they can represent them and duly fulfill their duty. For this reason, no matter should become personal and nor should there be any kind of fear. And always consider the fact that people have elected you in light of the following commandment of Allah the Almighty to addul amanati ila ahliya that is, make over the trust to those entitled to them. And even the Khalifa of the time believes that when people have elected their members with good intention and in light of Allah the Almighty's commandment, then those elected will do justice to the trusts that have been placed upon them. However, if the members do not fulfill this right during or even after the Shura, 
then they will not only be breaking the trust that has been placed upon them by the members of the community, but they will also be unfaithful to the Khalifa of the time by failing to fulfill the trust that was placed upon them. But in this instance, there can also be a third scenario. And that is, it could be that some people did not adhere to taqwa, i.e. righteousness, when electing the members of Majlis Ashura. It could be that they were biased towards their family members and elected their friends to uphold their relations. Therefore, those who elect others in this manner are sinful and their actions are completely wrong. And if they have not fulfilled their right, then they should repent. However, I also address the office bearers and the members of Majlis Ashura that after being elected, if your actions and spirituality are not at the standard that they ought to be, then you must strive to become entitled to holding this trust, and that is by repenting, pledging to bring about a lasting change in yourselves, and by treading upon the paths of righteousness, i.e. taqwa. And when you make this effort, then you will attain Allah the Almighty's pleasure and also become helpers in the mission of the Promised Messiah and also improve your actions and spiritual state. As I mentioned, that you become members of Majlis Ashura for one year and so during this time you must cooperate with the administration and act upon the decisions made not only yourselves, but help others do this as well. And in order to achieve this, always be watchful of whether this is being acted on in your local jamaats or to what extent this is being followed in your local jamaats. And also assess whether people are implementing what the Khalifa of the time decided. And in this way, you must become helpers of the Khalifa of the time. At times, it has been observed in some Jamaats that decisions are not implemented due to the laziness of office bearers. In this case, it is the duty of the members of the Majlis Ashura to not only draw the attention of the members of the community, but also the office bearers as well towards their responsibilities. And if even then people do not pay heed, and the proposal is not being implemented as it should be, then you should write to the Markaz, i.e. the headquarters, and inform them. There are many office bearers who are also members of Majlis Ashura, and so their duty is not only to look after their own department, rather they must also consider the seriousness of the decisions of the Khalifa of the time that have not been implemented or properly executed. And this is irrespective of whether it pertains to their particular department or someone else's. And the respective office bearers and the Amir of the country should draw attention towards this and this matter should also be presented to the Amla. If this is not done, then such office bearers and the members of Majlis Ashura are also not fulfilling their trusts. Some may be saved in this life by their excuses, but you should always remember that nothing is hidden from Allah the Almighty and He will indeed hold you accountable with regards to fulfilling your trusts. And so this is a matter of grave concern. We should not be proud of the fact that we are Shura members or that we are office bearers. Instead, everyone should be concerned about their responsibilities. As I have mentioned, that if despite the efforts of the Shura members, the office bearers do not implement the decisions from Shura, then the headquarters should be informed of this. 
Although some people already act in accordance to this, it is not that no one acts upon this. If office bearers do not implement decisions, then the headquarter is informed by people. However, such concerns are usually raised when there is a personal dispute with an office bearer. And this practice does not coincide with taqwa, a righteousness. In fact, if every member and office bearer strives to implement the approved shura proposals with righteousness, i.e. taqwa, then there will be no need to present the same proposal again in the next year or after a few years. If a proposal is presented again, then it means that either it was not fully implemented upon or at least not in the manner that it should have been. Thus, the local jamaats and the office bearers should ponder whether they are demonstrating taqwa and righteousness and fulfilling their trusts. And they should ponder as to whether they are fulfilling their pledge to be loyal and obedient to Khilafat. The local Jamaats in a country send such proposals to the national headquarters when they observe that certain matters are not being implemented. If these matters were implemented upon and there was supervision at every level as to what extent they were being implemented, then such proposals would never be presented over again. Furthermore, countries would no longer need to send such proposals to the Khalifa of the time with explanations stating that they do not recommend for certain proposals to be part of the shura because they were already presented one or two years prior. Whilst writing this, national headquarters should express their regret for being unable to implement the proposal and that they will implement it in the current year. They should write that if they fail to implement the proposals, then they should be considered wrongdoers and counted amongst those who do not fulfill their trusts. Therefore, they should formally write the following, that with utter humility we seek forgiveness and request not to make this proposal this year. When you write in this manner, then you will also come to understand your responsibility. At the very least, by doing so, the administration and the members of the shura will realize that although they present grand action plans before the Khalifa of the time, however, they do not implement upon them. And as a result of doing this, they are wrongdoers and are unfaithful to the Khalifa of the time. Hence, alongside an overall evaluation, office bearers and the members of Majlis Ashura should evaluate themselves, repent and strive to identify the reasons why there was no implementation at every level. Because it is these very evaluations that can steer the community in the right direction. Otherwise, verbal claims are of no benefit. Such evaluations should take place within countries to ascertain how some active branches or local jamaats of the community are able to implement 70 to 80% of proposals, if not 100%. And they do so with a passion out of their love for the Khalifa of the time who has approved this action plan for them and they do not wish to be unfaithful to him. Those countries should ascertain as to what that passion is that has transformed the members of the community. And the office bearers of such proactive branches or the local jamaats of the community should have meetings with office bearers from inactive branches. In fact, even the central office bearers should hold a meeting with them and benefit from their experience. In an area, even if there is one active local jamaat or a branch that duly fulfills its tasks and spiritual events, 
it can benefit 10 other local Jamaats by sharing its methods. However, the fact is that this is only possible if every secretary and office bearer in the central administration and also the member of the Shura faithfully fulfills their role and responsibilities. Some local Jamaats and countries of the community have taken an evaluation to what extent the approved Shura proposals from the past three years have been and are being implemented. And as a result, they have greatly benefited from it. Moreover, they also sent a quarterly report to the headquarters as well. And by doing so, they have understood that it is not enough to say that a proposal should be withdrawn because it was proposed two years ago. In fact, they understand that a report must be sent to headquarters about their progress in implementing their action plan to achieve their goals and that their efforts are ongoing. The Jamaats which have done so have a greater understanding of their responsibility. Mere words without action cannot conquer the world. And where robust planning is required, so too is action. And so we must raise the standards of our worship. If the office bearers and the members of Shura are mindful of improving the standards of their worship and whilst leading by their own example, they populate the mosques, then as a result of this, the number of worshippers could grow three to four times more than it is. Therefore, we should also evaluate this as well. Thus, set your example, show love and affection to others, sympathize and pray for others, and raise the standards of your obedience to the Khalifa of the time. When these become the distinct hallmarks of all office bearers and every member of Majlis Ashura, it is then that we will be able to witness a revolutionary transformation take place in the Jamaat. We have been entrusted with a great task and the purpose for the advent of the promised Messiah and his mission is no small task. The propagation of the beautiful message of Islam and the inculcation of worshipping the one God is a task that requires a constant effort from us. And the reason why the Shura, by the consultative body, is held in all the countries around the world is so that along with making plans to reform our practical actions, we also make plans to convey the teachings of the one God in order to unite the world into a single nation under the banner of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, thereby bringing about a revolutionary transformation. Always remember that the completion of these tasks requires funds as well. For this reason, prepare your budget in a way that allows us to derive maximum benefit from minimal expenses. The majority of the community comprises poor people and those from the middle class. For this reason, our plans for almsgiving should be so exceptional that we are able to maximally propagate our faith with as little funds as possible. However, this can only be achieved when we understand that we must fulfill our responsibilities and trusts while demonstrating righteousness, i.e. taqwa, and we must consider the opportunity to serve our faith as God's grace. At one instance, whilst guiding us to tread upon taqwa, i.e. righteousness, the promised Messiah states,
That is, O people who believe, if you remain steadfast in observing righteousness and firm and resolute in your quality of righteousness for Allah the Almighty, then God Almighty will distinguish you from others. And your distinction will be that you'll be granted a light that will accompany you on every path. In other words, that light will permeate your every action, word, faculty and sense. Your understanding will be illumined and even your presumptions will contain light. Your eyes, ears, tongues, words, movements and moments of repose will all be illumined. The paths you tread upon will shine forth with light. Whatever path you choose and however your faculties and senses manifest, they will be filled with light and you will walk all together in light. May Allah the Almighty enable us all to uphold our responsibilities whilst demonstrating taqwa i righteousness. May Allah the Almighty conceal our mistakes and weaknesses and continue to bestow His grace upon us. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'khiruhu wa n'aminu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi wa na'udhu billahi min shurri anfusina wa min sayyati amalina من يعذي الله فلا مذل له ومن يذل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله إباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل واللسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفاشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيزكم لعلكم تذكرون أذكروا الله يذكركم وَلَهُ يَسْتَجِيبُ لَكُمْ وَلَذِكْرُ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ